Welcome to the Stork Storytime Podcast at the North Liberty Community Library. Are you expecting or thinking of starting a family? If so, this podcast is for you. Just as it's never too late to develop a love of reading, it's never too early either. Hello, my name is Jennifer Jordabrek and I'm the Assistant Director at the North Liberty Community Library. Hello, I am Emily O'Sheridan Tabor and I am the Family Services Librarian at the Library. We'd like to welcome our guest speaker today, Lori Short. Lori is the Program Manager for Iowa Kids Site at the University of Iowa Steed Family Children's Hospital. Thanks for taking some time to talk with us today, Lori. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for having me as your guest. Hi, Lori. Welcome to our podcast. Before we start talking about vision in newborns and children, can you tell us a little bit or a lot of bit about what about yourself and your job here at Iowa Kids Site? Absolutely. I've been the program manager for Iowa Kids Site for the past 15 years of the 17-year history of the program. Um, I lead an amazing group of people who have equally amazing skills at, to carry out the work that we do to enhance the early detection and treatment of vision problems in young children through screening and public education. And our ultimate goal really is amblyopia prevention. Can you tell us what amblyopia is? <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't say it right, did I? Say it close, again. very close. It's amblyopia. Amblyopia. Oh. Amblyopia. Oh, that's okay. hard. Lazy eye. We can oh, call it okay. lazy oh, eye. Oh, you know, the medical community doesn't really like when you say lazy eye. Oh, sure. Because it's not really a lazy <laughs> eye. Um, amblyopia really is poor vision in an eye that doesn't develop normal sight in early childhood. Huh. And there are several things that can lead to that, and we can prevent it if we can pick up those things that lead to it early enough. Awesome. So when you say early enough, are you talking about in utero or newborn, toddler age? What's the early screening? Newborn, toddler Mm -hmm. age. So when we are born, our eyes actually work independently, and it takes about the first 10 years of life to get those eyes to work together with our neurologic Mm. system, our brain, to be able to see. And if something isn't coming in so good or our other eyes seeing a little differently than our other eye, um, we have the keen ability when we are young to recognize that and to say, hey, this eye works a whole lot better than this eye. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut down the eye that's not working as good. And that's what amblyopia is. So if we catch problems in children, for instance, if a child is nearsighted or farsighted or has an astigmatism, if you catch those things and treat them so that their eyes are seeing equally and sending the same signal to their brain, then they won't shut that eye off. Interesting. We're just sitting here I know. Both of us are like (laughs) mouthed agape, absorbing all of this great information. I never knew. Nor I. Um, Well, we usually have two different formats for our podcast. One is where we talk with local experts about specific early literacy skills and how children learn those skills. And then we share some tips for those new and expecting parents so they feel more confident in their role as their child's first teacher. And the other type of podcast is where we discuss more general topics of interest that new and expecting parents um, will find interesting and beneficial. And that's what we're going to do today. So Lori, can you tell us a little bit about... um, when or and our listeners about when parents should look at getting their kids screened for vision issues. I mean, you mentioned newborn, but how do you how do you screen a newborn for vision issues? Well, the method that we use is an automated. Um, it's called an ophthalmic camera. So early on, six months of age, 
is when we start screening and we recommend annual screens because your vision's always changing. Remember I would talked about from birth to age 10. Yeah. So from birth to age 10, your vision's constantly changing until you kind of hardwire your visual system. So starting at six months of age, we don't do it younger because when we do a screening, we get a photograph of the eye. And from that photograph, your eyes have to be dilated four millimeters. And in order to do that, we, we do that in a dark room. So we don't use any kind of dilation drops or anything, but we have to be in a dimly lit room. And children under the age of six months, you can't get their eyes to dilate big enough up to that four millimeter point just in a dark room. So starting at six months of age, and then we recommend annual screenings or eye examinations from that point on. Wow. And is this something that your uh, children's pediatrician would work with a mom um, or a family to do, or would the family have to come to some more like kid site and request a vision screening? We would recommend going to an eye care specialist. So you can go to an optometrist, an ophthalmologist, or you can get a screening done through the Iowa Kids Site program. It is a free screening that we offer through oh, the Iowa awesome. Kids Site program. And the number one thing that parents always think when you have your little newborn baby, you always think they're seeing fine. You know, <laughs> right, oh, you know, they're right. doing just fine. But as we talked about, if you have one eye that is more dominant than the other one, they'll use their dominant eye and they'll completely not use the other eye. So a lot of times, as parents with newborns, we think, oh, my child's seeing just fine because maybe they're reacting appropriately to what mm-hmm. you're asking them. Like if you're reading them a story, you might say, um, you know, who is this cartoon character that I'm pointing to? And they respond appropriately. They'll say, oh, well, that's SpongeBob SquarePants. And you say, well, <laughs> yes, that is SpongeBob SquarePants. So you think they're seeing them fine, but you don't know how they're seeing them. Right. Is the image nice and clear and crisp? So that's the one misnomer. Um, Parents often think their child's seeing fine, but they don't really know how they're seeing unless you go to an eye care specialist. Honestly, with my three boys, I don't think I remember taking them to get vision screenings. I mean, we would do, you know, where you'd hold the hand, your finger up in front of them and go back and forth and, oh, they're tracking. And Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. like, they're seeing. And I, I don't recall ever getting their vision tested. So as the three of us are sitting here, we're all wearing glasses. Yes. And if we took off our glasses, you could see that finger flying in front of you. But boy, when I take my glasses off, they're awful fuzzy, that (laughs) finger that's flying in front of me. So that's how our kids sometimes see. So you can say, yes, they are tracking and following that, but you don't know if it's fuzzy or nice and clear. What the image looks like. What the image looks like. So Mm -hmm. um, my experience, my kiddos both went to uh, like a centered uh, daycare center. So they had... um, I think it is KidSite coming because it was just in North Liberty, um, come in and do vision screenings. Um, we did one at two years. We've done one at five years. And then uh, once they then get into school, both my girls have had um, vision screenings at school too. Mm-hmm. So that's really nice that it is integrated into not only the public school system, but also places like daycare centers, or I'm sure like in-home daycares could do it too if it's free and parents just have to sign a consent form. Absolutely. They just need to contact us. And we do target those daycares and preschools because we have volunteer troops all around the state of Iowa that actually are the ones who conduct the screenings. We partner with Lions Clubs all around the state. 
and they adopt it as a service project. So they will go knock on those preschools and daycare doors because that's where they can, the best use of their volunteer time. Sure. If they go in, they can screen a whole bunch of children in one shot. But can we go to in-home daycares? Absolutely. Um, can we go to one person's house? Absolutely. Um, that's really, that's yeah, really great. Yeah. Okay, that's they just need to, to refresh, re- request a free screening. Awesome. Okay. And um, we've been fortunate enough the past two years for our um, baby fair um, we've had, and actually the past three years actually, yeah. um, you guys have come, uh, the North Liberty Lions group has come and done vision screenings from six month to 10 year olds at the baby fair. And you were just at our last baby fair in, in August. And so thank you for that. And um, that's a neat way, I think, also for the community to become aware of you guys and, and the opportunity to have that check because I have some friends with their kids and vision problems didn't really surface until like that third grade mm-hmm. when they were having trouble reading mm-hmm. or they'd be reluctant mm-hmm. readers. And it was because then we found out, you know, that it was amazing too. Like they would be reading and then they'd skip a line or their eye would, you know, go down below. And if you haven't had those regular vision checkups and stuff, right. you know, then they might know. fall behind with reading and that's so important for them to enjoy that. And it's frustrating, you know, as you said, when we put our glasses down, we can't see very well. And yeah, so yeah. absolutely. And sometimes it does come out as frustration. You know, sometimes when you're trying to get your child to read and they don't want to read, sometimes it can't vision problems can be the root of the behavior yeah. of them not, you know, I don't want to mm. read or I don't want to sit and do that. Yes. And it may be not because they don't want to, it's because it's hard for them because they can't see. Yeah. So that's another way that it comes out sometimes is, is through frustration. Right. I had a friend who, um, her daughter, she wears a pretty thick prescription now. I think she's in fourth grade. And the way they knew that she had vision problems was she would always complain about sitting in the back of the class. And her parents thought it was just because she wanted to be social with Uh like, she wanted to sit close to the teacher. She wanted to be near her friends, but no, eventually one time she just said, well, I can't see the board. It's all fuzzy. So they were like, oh, maybe we should go get her eyes checked out. And sure enough, she needed glasses. And then she was fine sitting in the back of the class. And that's so classic. Parents beat themselves up often when they find out, oh, my gosh, my child was a plus eight. I had no idea. You wouldn't. Kids compensate and they put up with what they have. And they don't always know that it's different in the front of the room as it is in the back of the room. Yeah. Yeah. So asymptomatic kids are really what we're dealing with. If parents recognize that there is a vision problem, they should be going to the eye doctor. So we want to screen those kids that aren't really exhibiting signs of a problem just to make sure that there isn't a problem that their child's masking. That no one falls through the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's Mm -hmm. good to know. And as a newer expecting parent, I myself didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. And and many other parents as well may not, you know, there's so many other things you're concerned with. And, you know, if they've got the two eyes and appear to be able to see and stuff, you might not realize that it needs Mm -hmm. to be checked into further. And most of the time we as parents address the complaints that our children have if there's a complaint but if the child doesn't know how to complain about it then there's no complaint so we're not acting on that yes or if they're not saying the right things you know she wanted to be in the front of the class because the board was fuzzy well that's something but just because you don't like your seat that's (laughs) nothing that i'm gonna address sounds like it took the parents a couple times yes oh yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely that was really the issue now Lori, can you share with our listeners um i i don't know what it's called or i forget but um when they take when you take a picture of a child and their eyes are um, different or one is milky or something, What do you know what I'm referring to? Well, actually, that's how our screening process works. We take okay. a photograph of the eye and the flash of the camera actually goes through the eye and bounces off the back of the eye, which is the retina. 
and then it comes forward. And if there's a problem with the eye, it has to do with the way the light rays bend in the eye. It produces a kind of milky white looking looking thing. Huh. If it's in one eye, like you say, that's often um, what we call an isometropia, which is a difference in the refractive air in the eye. So the eye that you're seeing that doesn't have that milky white thing is maybe seeing 20-20 or maybe it's seeing 20-40 and the other eye is seeing completely different. So that is actually the most amblyogenic factor. If you don't get a child in glasses to get them seeing the, the same thing out of each eye, they will eventually shut shut their, 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 the milky white eye off. Right. So oh, okay. you've seen our photographs apparently to know that that's what that is. Yeah. That, or you see it on the is. news or something that once in a while someone's taking a, you know, now yeah. with everybody taking pictures constantly every minute uh-huh. of their children's life and, you know, posting them and stuff. And then you just hear some instances where, yeah. you know, uh, someone else saw that and maybe asked the parents and then found out Noticed there was it. an issue. And I don't want yeah. to put alarm out because right. sometimes that will indicate that the parents or the child isn't just properly fixated or looking directly at the camera, okay. if they're looking off a little bit, you can get a reflex that's come that's coming mm-hmm. from the camera too. So it's not always a problem, um, <laughs> but never hurts to have a free screening it to check it out. Never hurts, <laughs> no. And the prevalence really is only about five percent of kids, so the prevalence is not great. But of the five percent, if they're having a problem and they get to the age. Eight, nine, ten, yeah. where they've hardwired that vision. You can never recapture that vision again. It's permanent vision vision loss. If really, you if you don't catch the problem, yeah. That so that the five percent that yeah. need it, they need it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so important to catch it yeah. at that time before that window closes. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. That's a, just an amazing um, statistic about like how your eyes and your brain work. How mm-hmm. fascinating. Um, and so the Iowa Kids site is connected with the University of Iowa. And can you talk a little bit about your, um, is it Steed or Stead? How do you? Steed. Steed. Yep. Steed about the um, Iowa Steed Family Children's Hospital, like what your connection with them is? Yeah, absolutely. So the Iowa Kids Site Program is a statewide program, but it operates under the auspices of the University of Iowa, under the University of Iowa Steed Family Children's Hospital. So the program, this is our hub at the Children's Hospital. And then, like I say, we employ, if you will, volunteer Lions <laughs> Clubs all around the state to actually carry out the screening. So they're going out to their local daycares or preschools or child fairs and offering the screening. And then they send those images that they take into the children's hospital where specialists in the Department of Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences look at those pictures. And they can tell you if a child is nearsighted, farsighted, has an astigmatism, has cataracts, has muscle imbalances, all just from taking that photograph. And then our office here at the University Children's Hospital, we send that back out then, results out to each parent, out to the daycares, um, and back out to our Lions Clubs um, in case we might need another picture taken or or that sort of thing. So it's all operated here at the Children's Hospital. So if we have listeners who aren't local to the university Mm -hmm. here in the North Liberty, Iowa City area, if they, um, you know, anywhere in the state of Iowa, if they can contact their local Lions Club, then they can um, help perform that free check for them. Yep, absolutely. And if they don't know where their local Lions is, it's hard to find Lions. You can't open the phone book because they're we're ever changing. So like the president of the club may not be the president next year. Right. Oh, okay. And we don't have central offices. So if anybody has trouble contacting their local Lions club, they can always contact the Iowa Kids Site main office through our website, which is iowakidsite.org, or through our telephone number, and we can connect them with their local Lions club to get a screening. Great. Or um, do you think their city officials 
locals would also possibly know. Oh, yeah, too, good one. If Absolutely. They, if they had yeah, an organization so. in their town. Yeah. If yeah. not, the lions need to get out there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Make themselves known. <laughs> so any listeners out there, if you're looking for volunteer opportunities as well, um, and you don't know or aren't aware of a local lions group in your area, this would be a wonderful opportunity also for you to to help there. Absolutely. There we always yeah. need screeners. So you do have to be a member of Lions Club to carry out the screening, and that just has to do with liability. Um, our liabilities fall under um, insurance policies that are with the um, Lions Club's international organization. Sure. That and makes when, sense. And when you've come to the fair, the screening literally just takes, I mean, it's a couple of minutes. Um, the, you know, the parents fill out, I think, a simple form, and then you know, you're in the dark room with the child, and you, you take the picture. So it's painless. It's quick and easy. So... Um, you recommend doing that every year for the child after at six months on? Absolutely. That's exactly okay. right. And it really takes longer for the parent to fill out that one-page consent form than it does on us for us to, <laughs> to do get the, the screening. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice to hear. <laughs> um, so we have certain collections and programs at the library that um, offer kind of a different... Um, uh, help to kiddos that may have certain eye problems. Um, we have ebooks that have um, a font that you can change that includes dyslexia. And do you guys deal with anything like that, or is that is that more of like a learning disability rather than a eye? Um, than a vision problem. Vision problem, yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. Yes. That's, okay. We don't pick up things like that. Or colorblindness. People ask us about oh, colorblindness oh. a lot. The tests that we do do not pick up colorblindness either. So if you're having any of those kind of issues, we recommend going to an op- ophthalmologist or optometrist sure. to, to inquire about those things. Now, just curious, and I know this might be out of your realm of expertise, but how mm-hmm. would um, a parent... Uh, maybe start thinking their child was colorblind or how, I mean, that's really more when they start talking, right? Yes. When they become more verbal and maybe you're working with them on colors and they're not responding appropriately or they, they seem puzzled um, with certain things, then you might want to ask your eye doctor or when you're going in for those routine exams, ask them, will you please check for colorblindness? Because there are simple tests that they can do in the doctor's office. But those tests are for the child that, like you say, is a little more verbal and and can follow some things with their finger and can answer. Yeah, that's that's very good information to have. Um, Also, we have um, high contrast books that have a black background with white pictures or text in them, and that's supposed to stimulate a baby's brain. Can you talk a little bit about that or... um, or if that's not really in your expertise, that's fine too. Yeah, that's not either really within our realm. We're no. just looking for some of those basic conditions um, that can lead. But um, I think anything that you can do to stimulate the young the young mind at that age is is, <laughs> right. is always good. That's it's interesting how um, black and white contrast helps a baby's brain develop. But it's something that is seen through the eyes, and if that is not quite even hardwired yet, as you'd said before, it's just really interesting how much a baby can absorb even at that time when they're not set with their vision yet. 80% of what we learn is through our, through our vision system. Yeah. So even when they're that young, you, they are making those neurologic connections, you know, when they're, when they're seeing, seeing that. It's a lot of information that I'm learning right now. Yes. <laughs> My kiddos are a little bit older, yeah. but, and I don't want to be overwhelming for any new or expecting parents out there, but it's just kind of something to keep in the back of your mind. And, um, and you know, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. 
Just get a free screen that takes less than five minutes every year and you're done. Super I simple. Mean, yeah. Super simple. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. honestly, my kids probably before kindergarten, doing like the kindergarten roundup, round I think yeah. was probably maybe mm-hmm. when they did their first mm-hmm. vision screening. Yeah. Well, no, and that's because there wasn't a problem. Like I say, we parents respond to problems. (laughs) Only ones in glasses. (laughs) That's not too bad. Actually, two now. Only two out of three. I did not start wearing glasses until I was 35. So, and both my parents have uh, wear glasses and have vision issues. Mm -hmm. So that's not bad. And mine was in middle school. So, you know, there really is, you know, a, a range. Absolutely. When kids, you know, mm-hmm. need that. So, yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, because there is a new law that just started with the school year 2015-2016, where every child upon entry to kindergarten and third grade have to have a vision screen. And Iowa Kidsight is one way that parents can fulfill that requirement before going to kindergarten, is by getting a free Kidsight screening. Oh, and then the result, awesome. the result that we send back to them, they can just present that to their school when they're doing kindergarten roundups or registering, and that will satisfy the requirement. Okay. Fantastic. Good to know. Very good. Um, do you have any upcoming events this fall or programs that you want new or expecting families or um, kids, families with older kids to be aware of? Um, most of the time in the fall, our kind of our our screenings are kind of cyclic. And then in the fall, we are hitting the Head Start programs really hard in the fall. Sure. And daycares and when school, when school starts, starts, kindergartens. Yeah. Um, in this area, the we offer free screenings in conjunction with the Children's Museum. The last oh. Friday of the month, they do free Fridays. Mm-hmm. And we're usually up in the birthday party rooms at the Children's Museum. Okay. At the Iowa Children's yeah. Museum, yep. um, doing free screenings there. So you can stop by the Children's Museum. And our office is in Coraville. So if, if, it's, if anybody is in the corridor area or just passing through or traveling through, they can contact our office Monday through Friday between 8 and 5, and they can stop in for a free screening in our office. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Good to know. Good yes. to know. Can you share with our listeners again, what was your website? Yes. Our website is www.iowakidsight.org. Fantastic. Great. Great. Um, And one more question before we end today's podcast. Um, Since we do call it a story time podcast, we like to kind of incorporate that story time aspect to it. So could you share with our listeners either a favorite book when you were a child that you enjoyed having read to you or that you requested all the time? Or as a parent, what was a favorite book you read to your children? So... Not only is maybe this my favorite storytime memory, but it really ranks up there in one of my favorite all-time memories of being a mother. My child is going off to college this year. Aww. I know. <laughs> Minus two. Oh. <laughs> it seems like just yesterday she was, she was a little one. Um, but we had very special time together every day after work. Every day after work, I would come home and put a blanket down on the floor, and we would lay on our backs and read. And I would, it was a way that I could decompress from the day. She, would, she was too little to even know what I was reading or saying to her. But she loved pop-up books. And we had a little Winnie the Pooh board book where you open the, open the things. The flaps. And the, the flaps yeah. and it would reveal something. And I could just see her, her neurons connecting. <laughs> she would squeeze her little fists or move her little legs. Oh. And I could just see the thought processes in her just as, a, as an infant and a baby by reading to her. How important That's that great. was. That's great. Yeah. Such and a treasured was, memory. It yes. really is. Yes. That is a great way to decompress from work. That's an Absolutely. awesome tip yeah. we're going to mention in future podcasts. Yeah. I'm and Lori made that a, now. Lori 
Roy made a great point too, is that your baby doesn't have to know like or understand what you're saying. It's really the sound of your voice and the time that you're spending and the closest of your body with them that makes that bond. So great memory. That's awesome. So I have some really great pictures of when you say just making the connection even with your body. My daughter would take her, and she was an infant. I mean, she was a, she was a baby. She would loop, I would hold the book up above me and she would loop her little leg around my arm. And I have pictures of her like looping her little leg around (laughs) around my arm. It was a very special time. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us some information. I for one know that I learned quite a bit I did too. Yeah. Um, It's really great to talk to Lori who's been with Iowa Kids Site for 15 of the 17 years that they've been doing it, and they are affiliated with Iowa Children's Hospital, the Steed Children's Hospital. And you can get free screenings um, just by contacting them at their website, or you can always call into the office as well. You can come to their office, or they will also come to your home or your daycare center or your school to do it as well. Thanks so much, Lori, for coming um, and talking with us today. Um, Hopefully, parents, as you're listening to this, uh, you'll feel more confident in caring for your child's vision needs, um, literally from birth, six months um, through their school years and up to when they're going off to college. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. My final note would just be, don't take your child's perceived good vision for granted. Make sure that vision screenings or exams are part of their routine annual care. Really great advice. Thank you.